Have you struggled with making a decision and didn't know if God was leading you? On this episode, we sat down with a special guest and we talked about overcoming the hurdles of alcoholism, dropping out of school, and listening to God. Let's dive into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the No Negations Podcast. Daryl D. Sullins Jr. is here. Ayla Sullins. And DS Ninja is in the house. And we, you did better that time. <laughs> um, we have a super, super special guest on the podcast with us this morning. And this is, yeah, this is different. We're recording in the morning. Usually we don't do that. But yeah, we have a super special guest record, or on the podcast with us. Little sis is in the house from the ATL. Lovely to Sullivan's. What's up, sis? What's up, big brother? Good morning. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy, Happy New, New, New Year. Year. That's right. This is a New Year's episode. Well, yeah. Technically. Yeah, technically. We did a New Year's episode last time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, this is the New Year. Oh, the first oh, episode uh, of the New oh, Year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, it is. <laughs> So, Uncle Leader, how's your week been so far? We always like to do like a check-in. I've been having an amazing week. It's an amazing week. I've had a week of reflection and gratitude, which is what I was talking to my big brother the other day about. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. the peace that I have begun to really understand and feel in my move to Georgia. So, this is actually... That's perfect. So just forget about our weeks. I want to jump right into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. We're not important. Yeah, you guys do the same thing every week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm interested to know, like, what made you what made you want to move to Georgia? Because, you know, I know you lived in Cleveland majority of your life. Why Georgia? My whole life. Yeah. Why Georgia? And what made you want to uh, leave Ohio in the beautiful weather up here? Oh, it's amazing, too. Um, It began the birth of my granddaughter, which today is her birthday, her first birthday. Yay, happy birthday. Yes. And I actually, I struggled with that for, um, since the day that my daughter told me that she was pregnant. Me being a mother, I was ready to go day one. But because that time I've been living with my dad for four years and I am a daddy's girl. Yes, she is. Uh, all <laughs> his daughters are, but I, I know that I have it bad. And it was it began to be a struggle within my mind and in my spirit. I felt like I was choosing between my dad and my granddaughter. Oh, yeah, I got you. And it caused me a lot of mental, and then it started to begin physical Mm -hmm. uh, depression and a lot of struggle. Mm -hmm. And I was keeping it internally in. And I had to eventually come out of my head because when I started feeling the physical effect of it, I knew I had to come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that? What was the steps? To get to the point where you felt comfortable getting out of your head, if that makes sense. Like, what steps did you take to get to that point? Back in May, again, I felt, I started, you know, it wasn't just the epidemic that was giving me 
weight. Mm -hmm. It was my mental stress. Mm -hmm. And I felt the weight coming on. I was very fatigued. I was in my head that my sleep wasn't even great. I mm -hmm. was waking up with negative thoughts, negative uh, attitude, and that's just not me. Mm -hmm. And one morning in May, I can't remember, I told, I asked God, well, I shared with God, I do not want to wake up one more morning like this. Mm -hmm. as, this isn't me. And I knew that I needed to start doing something. That night, you know, I was working 12-hour days there. And that night, I went to a co-worker. And I asked her, I said, can you walk with me at Garfield Park? Can you start walking when we get off of work? Mm -hmm. Which we got off at 6 in the morning. Because I knew I needed to start somewhere. Yeah. And she said, okay, Miss Law. I said, I want to live for my granddaughter. Mm -hmm. And it's a joke because I always started putting my granddaughter. She said, you know, Miss Law, I'm tired of making sacrifices for Lele. <laughs> <laughs> she did it. She did it. And we began. And if you know Garfield Park, mm -hmm. that first hill is a monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. So anyway, we did begin and we did it every day. Mm -hmm. You know, when we got off and even the days that we were off because I worked rotating shifts, we would um, stick to our same time every morning. Mm -hmm. And it just became our routine. Yeah. Once we pushed through the pain, once we pushed through the process. Yeah. And... I started feeling better. Mm -hmm. I was getting better and better in my mental and in my physical. But one day the attack came back within my mind. And as we were walking, I did not share it with her that I was having these thoughts. And when we got ready to get in the car, well, when we did get in the car and I was leaving out, I announced to God, I said, God, I cannot do this by myself. Mm -hmm. I need to know yeah. what you want me to do. Yeah. That is so powerful. Wow. And when I got home and took my nap, and when I got up, my dad and I, we were watching television. Mm -hmm. And I always say, my dad, like God would whisper something to him to let him know I need to say something. Mm -hmm. And my dad has a way of asking me the right questions in order for me to bring it out. Because I'm 51. Mm -hmm. I still had that little girl inside of me. <laughs> yeah, it is, I am so careful and cautious in what I bring to my dad. Mm -hmm. Eventually I will bring it, but it's just how to bring it. Yeah. So we were sitting there watching TV and he looked at me and said, Lee. It's time for you to get your own place. <laughs> oh. yeah, shout out to Granddad. Yeah. <laughs> right. He said, you need your own place. And I looked at him. I said, Dad, mm -hmm. you know I don't want to be here. Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah, you want to move to Georgia. Mm -hmm. And it's always, always, always been my dream. Mm -hmm. to live in Alabama where our dad is from mm -hmm. yeah and I mean I was born in the city but I love 
the country. Mm -hmm. And so he said, Lee, look, go and do what makes you happy. Oh, wow. You only got one life. Go live it. Yeah. And I told him, I said, Dad, I never wanted to feel like I was abandoning you. He said, you're not abandoning me. He said, your kids is out there, your granddaughter out there, go do it. And then he said, he said, I got plenty of kids here. Pudding, <laughs> Birdie, sorry to put the names out there. <laughs> Man and Francine. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that God was aligning this all up for me to do it. Mm -hmm. I had to get out the way. Yeah. And let him be God. Uh, well, we're in the new year now, so I have to say 2019, our sister Yolanda retired. Mm -hmm. And then in 2020, my oldest sister, our older sister, Tanya, retired. Mm -hmm. But going back to 2019, Tanya moved next door to our dad. Yeah. And I felt that and I knew that, but I still was in my head. Yeah. And was weary in my own spirit. So I have a question. I, <clears throat> oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off on the lead. No, no, no. You're fine. Please don't whoop me. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a question. Um, Thinking back on other parts of your life, have you ever struggled with mindset issues or mindset development things from like an early age? And then how did you get introduced to bringing God into your life and, and making God as your foundation and going to God first with decisions? Ooh. You know what? After talking to you, big brother, the other day, mm -hmm. I asked God, I said, you're going to have to stop talking to me. I'm at work. You're going to have me raise <laughs> day ass up in here. <laughs> because he started reminding me of so much mm -hmm. see guys hands always been on me but I didn't understand yeah. I've been a runner for so long yeah because I um why me was always my question uh -huh. I'm a mess I'm a flawed woman but what God showed me that really stood out the other day, which I didn't do because my a lot of my pictures are still packed up. Mm -hmm. My baby picture. Mm -hmm. My baby picture. I never shown that picture. And I, our Aunt Winnie, I used to always tell her, don't you ever show nobody those pictures. Mm -hmm. My picture on October 5th, 1969 at 3.25 a.m. To look at that when I was younger, I thought I was the ugliest baby. I had this slick hair, I had this <laughs> I had the puffy, dark eyes. And I would look at my picture and I would look at our baby sister picture, mm -hmm. who was light skinned mm -hmm. with the beautiful, <clears throat> thick, curly hair. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of the toxic mindset mm. that I placed myself in. Mm -hmm. And there were others, you know. Um, I, my mother, I didn't believe that she loved me. Oh, wow. 
And I thought it, because on my mother's side, I am the darkest. Uh-huh. And I, I always kept it inside. I suffered internally. So, and I didn't have the greatest relationship in the beginning with my mother. And I always thought it was because of my dark skin. Oh, wow. And this is the message that I put in. Because as a child, you don't know unless somebody really talk you through it. Mm-hmm. So you create, you know, our imaginations go. So I started creating storyline. And because at that time, me and my mom's relationship was not the greatest, I um, told myself if my mom didn't love me, Nobody could. So that's where trust and things went. So I'm not going to drag it all out, but to answer your next question, when did I find God? Mm-hmm. Was in 19, after having my daughter, Bria, my youngest daughter. So it began in um, during my pregnancy with her. Mm-hmm. Because during that time, from the beginning of childhood to my teenage suppressed my suppressed emotions began to develop so much anger and rage in me Mm -hmm. and that rage i took out i thought it was the death of my mom's dad that was that because i did suffer five years with that yeah but now today in reflection and really having a greater relationship now in my transition to georgia it was, I was at my psychotic break. You know, last year, 2020, is when you really heard stories of mental illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was at a psychotic break. I was angry. All that suppressed emotion mm-hmm. had finally erupted. I was uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. I was fighting my daughter's dad every day. Her grandmother looked at me one day. She said, Lolita, I do not know what's wrong with you but you're going to kill my granddaughter. Well, we didn't know what she was. You're my grandbaby that's mm-hmm. inside of you. Mm-hmm. She took me to church. I've tried to go to church a couple times. You know, I was not brought up in the church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I went to church with my grandmother. I, even at uh, Elliot, one of the security guards tried to take me to church. Mm-hmm. And they just say, Lolita, if you go to church with him, he going to be at your door every Sunday. So I said, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I never understood when I did go. It, di- it just did not resonate with me. Yeah. So when she took me to church that day and the choir started singing, it ministered to my spirit. And then when the pastor came, out and start preaching I looked at Bria's grandmother and we call her mother I said did you go tell that man about me because mm-hmm. I was squirming to the floor <laughs> in my seat <laughs> and I said I never had anyone call me out on my mess Yeah. <clears throat> God called me out that day <clears throat> and I said, Mother, I want to go to the altar. 
She said, well, go ahead. I said, no, walk with me. I'm like seven months pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> she said, if you're going to do this, you're going on your own. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I think that shows your strength. You know, building up the courage to be able to walk up to the altar, that's one of the hardest things, especially, you know, thinking back on your life and things are may not be going the way that you want them to go and that you may be unhappy with where you're at. Having the courage to give your life to Christ, I think that's one of the um, strongest things someone could do. Definitely, because you got to put your, like, pride aside walking up in front of everybody and and people that have been part of the church, it doesn't mean that they're saved, but in your mind sometimes it's like yeah. everybody here is saved and I'm putting myself out there with all of my dirty laundry like I need help and that's like it's you shouldn't be ashamed of that but sometimes you feel that in that moment yeah let me let me ask this though um take us through that because you're in high school at this time you're getting the courage to go up the altar to accept Christ you're pregnant how did that affect you uh, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, as being in high school? How did that take us through that? Well, I was out of high school when I had Bria. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. I was out. Shows how much you know, Dad. <laughs> and I, I, did not, um, I didn't finish high school. Mm. Okay. I did not. My last year... Um, of high school, I had my second child, which is my son, and um, I started working with my mom. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be a summer job, the year of the drought in 1988. And uh, she had me go up there to fill out an application. She said, it's just for the summer. You only have like a month or so to get work but you need to do something. And so I went, and because it was a year of the drought, uh, I went up there with some Daisy Duke shorts on and a tank top <laughs> to fill out an application. <laughs> and after filling out the application, the human resource manager, she said, hold on a minute. I said, did I miss something? Something's wrong. She said, no, you have an interview. I said, like this? <laughs> She looked me up and down and said, oh, yes. And honestly, at that time, I, I thought that I got that job because of my mom mm -hmm. being there at that time so many years. I think she was probably 19, 20 years. Mm -hmm. But to later find out, it was God. Mm -hmm. It was God. And I'm telling you, I was a knucklehead teenager. And I mean, I was drinking, I would come in there hungover, I was just going through various things. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I did, I was learning. The place is, is uh, it was spray on at the time, but it's the division of Sherman Williams. And when I tell my story, I end up being there 16 years. Mm -hmm. My mother coached me before going there, even though I didn't know what she was talking about. When the line is down, pick up a broom. I don't care what the mother people doing. Mm -hmm. Those key words I listened to. Yeah. And when I got in there and I got to see what a line was and whatnot, I did that. I was criticized. What are you doing? You're making us look bad. Mm -hmm. I said, my mama told me to grab this broom. <laughs> and that's what I did. Yeah. And because of that, 
I ended up getting hired. Mm-hmm. And I had to make a decision. And my decision was for my children, Daniel and Jonathan mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And I let go of my last year of high school to take full employment so I would not be a mother on welfare. Mm-hmm. It was just wasn't enough money for me. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I did that. But I did suffer. Mm-hmm. Every time for the first five years that prom came around, I cried internally. Mm-hmm. And But what God was doing, he was preparing me. I always thought I was weak. I never really believed in myself. Mm-hmm. That place developed all the eternal and my strength, my courage, my boldness, mm-hmm. my willing to learn. And I would drive people crazy because during that time, it, everything was why. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why you changed that? I, one maintenance man, I made him so mad, he kicked the chair across the room. But... <laughs> People don't like to waste their time. So maintenance and manufacturing, maintenance thing, all operators are just lazy. All they want to do is sit on the chair and do nothing. (laughs) But after a while of my persistence in asking him those questions, he started training me. And eventually, after 10 years of learning everything in there, all the basic machinery on all the lines that was there. In one year, I went into the field room. The field room is where they mix and fill the uh, aerosol cans. All men worked back there. Mm -hmm. And I was dating a guy at the job at that time. They kept telling him, tell Lolita, don't don't take that job. (laughs) Her (laughs) uterus gonna fall out. I said, I don't care, I don't want no more kids. (laughs) And I went back there, and let me tell you, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And I did feel like my whole ass was about to fall out. <laughs> but, it, you know, like, D, you're a trainer. Mm-hmm. That first week or two, because you're awakening something that hasn't been used, Yeah, I went through that pain. Mm-hmm. I used to come home at night and tell my boyfriend, please don't tell him I'm a punk. I used to <laughs> curl up like, oh, my God. <laughs> But eventually, after those two weeks, I was pulling four skiers of 55-gallon drums by myself. Uh But God did not leave me there long, six months. Six months. Because what he was preparing me for, I did the field room. Eventually, I became a lead person. Mm -hmm. They tried to fight me on being a lead person. My union, this was a union company. Mm -hmm. They wanted to fight me as coming a lead person because I did have a moment. I got fired from that job. Mm-hmm. And it really hit me because, again, I was a knucklehead. I was just made, missing my days at work. And I got fired. And a couple people got fired with me. But God always made an example out of me because a person who gets away with things, they it, it, it's like, uh, an adventure like oh let me do this again since I got away with it they'll keep doing it yeah. but boredom convictions God put on me right away I'm like dang why they get to get away with this 
but it was purpose. So 15 occurrences, I got fired. The other ones had 23, 25. Mm -hmm. But, and I came back, um, one of my babysitters who used to babysit me as well as my children, she was 80 years old. I was having a hard time getting Bria a babysitter. She could not go into daycare until maybe four years or whatever. Mm-hmm. She found out I lost that job, and she called me. She said, Luke, did you lose that job? I said, yes, Miss Hill. She said, listen, you need that job. And Miss Hill getting old. Mm-hmm. I done watched a lot of kids. She said, but I will watch Bria for you until you get her into daycare. And then Miss Hill is done watching kids. Yeah. I learned from that. So when it became time for the lead person position, people always remember your past. Yeah. They don't see that you're changing mm-hmm. and moving forward and growing. So when it came time for that position, my union president, they went up, they said, Lolita can't fill this bid out. She got too many occurrences. Mm-hmm. The plant manager had to lay the paper out to show that Lolita only had two. Yeah. You couldn't sign a bid um, if you had eight or more. So I got the job. And I did that for six months, maybe a year. And then during that six months, I would still boldly apply for supervisor positions. Mm -hmm. Knowing I did not graduate from high school. Mm -hmm. But my experience is what, and then I was disappointed you know, because I didn't look at the paperwork of it. I looked at the, my experience. But God said, no, you got something else to learn. Mm-hmm. And that was the lead person position. And eventually, I got the position. So my last seven years there, I was a supervisor. Oh, wow. An amazing supervisor. And my name is still talked about. Once <laughs> <laughs> that are left. Hey, little but I don't brag about I, it's not a brag my boast is in the Lord because you're never qualified for everything that you do but you do have qualification hmm. and it was my growth people are always watching you so be mindful in what you're doing mm-hmm. you know what let me, let me okay. say this you know when you when you talked about growth and and because we had a conversation, I was I was studying in Second Peter, Peter chapter three, verse eighteen. It said, "Grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ." Most people take that verse, and, and I'm related to what you went through. They take that verse and think, "Grow in knowledge only, information." But if you think back when you you, you go to First Peter chapter two, and it it talks about being as a babe, growing in the knowledge and the salvation of Him. That's what it's about. It's not just information. Mm-hmm. It's growing. Just like a little kid grow up, they go through trials, tribulations, they fall, yeah. but they're growing. It's about <clears throat> life. And if you grow in a life relating it to Christ, understanding that you're edifying him in your life, that's mm-hmm. what it's about. Not just information, but it's life growing in to the salvation of him and offering him that sacrifice in mm-hmm. your life. That's edifying to him, not just information. So what you going, what you went through, and the things that you're realizing now, 
everybody has a different path and we go through that path a different way and we experience that and accept that and we learn from it you know based on our personal relationship with mm-hmm. so I, uh, what you went through was for you yeah and nobody yeah. else yeah and then life life is bigger than than what we think and what we you know what and we the have qualifications planned. we set yeah our yeah. life is bigger than us you know, and I think that's something that I keep hearing in your story on Lolita is that, you know, no matter what you went through, um, even though it was hard, you realize that there was another there. There's another there's a there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I think that's really important for people that's listening is that, you know, when we're going through these different seasons and going through these different trials and tribulations, we may not understand why we're going through that. You know, it may suck. It may hurt, you know. But we have to remember that if when we highlight God and we make God number one in our life, God's going to bring us through it, and we make we're going to reap the benefits. So like how the year we just went through. Yeah, like on Lolita, you was talking about you know you was on the job for six months or whatever, or um, and then at the end of the whole the whole thing, you end up becoming a supervisor, and your name still talked about today. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's important for people that's listening is that you know. We are, a lot of us, especially people that's around my age, we're doing jobs and we're in positions where we may not necessarily want to be at right now. But we have to remember that when we put God first and we keep God head, you know, God's going to bless us. It's beyond yes. just the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the relationship thing. Yeah. Because you built a relationship. Imagine if the lady that was uh, babysitting Maria had called you and you didn't have that relationship. That's why I always talk about relationships, whether it's personal, whether it's business. It's so important because everybody is a doorway to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead you to somebody. So you have to make those connections. Yeah. Do you think, why do you think God chooses the type of path that we go through? And this is a question for just anybody. Like, why? Because, you know, like, Aunt Lolita, she has her situation. Dad, you had your situation. Ayla, you had your situation, your path. I had my situation, my path. How? Why do you think he chooses that those particular paths for that individual person? You think it's because of personality? It's because of strength? Like, what do you think? I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I think that we all have an individual plan for salvation. Mm-hmm. I think um, depending on how we are and how we react, God knows us already. So he knows what will make us come to him. Sometimes people have to hit rock bottom to be like, I'm going to look for God. Mm -hmm. Some people don't need to do that. Some people are just like, this is what I want to try. And they come to him. Mm -hmm. I think God knows who we are before we're even here. Mm -hmm. And he knows what will be effective to us. And he puts those opportunities in front of us over and over again while we are here. Well, we're created to glorify him. That's why we created. Mm-hmm. And understanding that in, in Isaiah uh, chapter 45, and, and he says, I won't share my glory with anyone. And so if we created to glorify him, we're expected to glorify him in some way. Mm-hmm. And to do that, he makes things happen. If you think about uh, Mary and Joseph, he had to get them to Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. So he created events that caused them to move that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when he has, because each one of us have a ministering angel. Yeah. And so whether we listen to him or not, we have a ministering angel if you if you accepted him. 
And so to get us to move, sometimes he have to turn up the heat. Well, just think about it. Think about even Aunt Lolita's story that she was talking about, the janitor. Mm-hmm. You know, the different people that was coming in and out until that your, I think you said your grandmother got you to go to church? No. No, Bria's grandmother. Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that was probably that, that uh, what's the word, the, the right person, the right time or whatever. You had it. You had those signs throughout the way and then you mm-hmm. had that right person come in. So I think that kind of goes with what she was saying earlier. It put people in place yeah. to move you for a purpose and for a time. And that's when you can look at how much God loves you because just if looking back on my own life, how many times that he tried to introduce himself to me over and over again and like how faithful and loyal he is to you if like if anybody listening could look back on their life and see how many times god has tried to introduce himself to you Mm. and and count there's endless times i can look back and say oh this was an opportunity this was an opportunity this was an opportunity it just i ended up taking one Mm. what solidified for me when i when i read that said even yet, while in my sins, Christ died for me. Even though I wasn't looking for him, even though I didn't know him, have a desire to study his word, he died for me. And I wanted to know more about a God that does that. Mm-hmm. For me, um, and I have so many different stories, I look at everyone that God placed in my life, rather good or bad. They were appointed angels for Mm -hmm. such a time. And even when the seed, because all we can do is plant a seed to one another, and the seeds were planted in me, I did not understand at the time. But when I got tired of bumping my head or continuing going through this same pattern or mistake, whatever you want to call it, I went back, you know, when it says the Holy Spirit will bring back to your remembrance. Mm-hmm. And those words will come back to me of my babysitter or whoever blessed me with a word for where I was. Mm-hmm. And I would take that seed and I would use what they said to me and I would move forward. Mm-hmm. And then I start understanding and I will fall down again, and I will pick up an, I have, I read a book years ago by Della Reese called Angels Along the Way, and I connected with it in so many ways, and now that's what I call everyone who's in my life, is my angels, and a lot of people try to say that I help them, but they also sustain me also, mm-hmm. and my kids, all three of them, are my greatest gift. And there's, I, I can tell um, a moment when I was in a season of being an alcoholic. And me and my boyfriend broke up. I'm on my own with my kids. And Christmas came. And I went and got so darn drunk. And I was just angry. <laughs> I came down and I did this in front of my children. I took the tree and threw it down. 
There's no Chris. I didn't know how I was gonna do it. My baby girl, she probably Bria was probably five or six. My baby girl looked at me and she said, You don't have Jesus in you, you got the devil. What? <laughs> and a parent, if you don't know yourself, you would discipline or whatever, like you're being disrespectful. But guess what I was? Acting like a fool. She mm-hmm. was right. She convicted my spirit. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I had to stand there and I received the word from my own child. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lo, let me and ask then, you this. Um, huh? It, based on all what you went through and the from going through that and then making the decision to move, because you have three kids. And two Say that last piece again. I said because of your kids, you have two in, in Atlanta yes. and one still here. How did yes. you fight with that? <sighs> my son, my one and only, <laughs> it took a moment, you know, because he, you know, Poodle, how do I describe this? (laughs) He had his challenges. Mm -hmm. He had his up and downs. And, you know, going from this job, going to that barbershop, the barber, and like Jonathan, you know, and then I will always tell him, you don't have to post everything on Facebook. Deal with yourself. You don't have to let everybody know. Just let your actions speak. Mm -hmm. Just do it. And last year, he finally started getting it. I used to be scared for him because I knew as a young man at that time, he, some decisions he really wasn't ready for. He would up and do them. And then, Mom, I'm going back and I'm moving with my grandma. You know. So when he got his own apartment this year, last year, then I felt it was well. I knew he was going to be okay this time. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that I can say about Jonathan is that he would do, just like I did, make some of the silliest mistakes, but he was okay with it. Mm -hmm. And he would pick himself up and just go again. My girls used to critique me, you and your son, you and your... But (laughs) I knew what he was doing because I was him. Mm -hmm. And he finally got it. So... When I he already knew, you know, I've been talking about being a grandmama since they were little, you know. And uh, he said, Mom, well, he called me Queen. He said, Queen, it's your time. Go be happy, Mom. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. 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 And I and I tell you, like, before you went, you know, the conversation we had, and, and I told you, I said, be careful of giving all of you because in doing so you won't have nothing left for you mm-hmm. and 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 I and I say that now um, because you have to live um, you praising God and you listening and he's guiding you so if he guides you to another journey listen and don't let you know Bria and Danielle and and Jonathan holds you back from what God wants you to do and the grandbaby 
Because, you know, just like you didn't want to leave your dad when God was moving you, he had to turn oh, up the Oh, I see what you're saying. Because at first, when you said, be careful of giving all yourself, I was like, where is he going with this? But yeah. that makes sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because yeah. I was about to, ooh, I had questions coming. Yeah. I have to turn up the heat yeah, again God. to get you to move to your next level. Yeah. Yeah, but I already did that in Ohio. Yeah. I gave all of me. And I didn't know that I really, that's why I said it started out being my granddaughter, but it's for me too. Yeah. It was for me. I didn't know I needed that peace. I knew I was tired, but now I know the peace that surpasses all understanding. And God and I relationship has began and started. He never left me. I left him. Mm -hmm. I have a few takeaways from this episode. Um, I think the number one takeaway, though, and thinks it's going to be my only one. Um, number one takeaway is to, one, build your relationship with God. Because just like Aunt Lolita saying, when she committed to, you know, giving her life to Christ, she started seeing the, the reason behind different things, and God was blessing her. So building your relationship with Christ, and then after doing that, trust Him. You know, a lot of times we go to church, we say we believe in God, but then we struggle with the faith. So, Lolita, I commend you on stepping out on faith and going to Atlanta, stepping out on faith and doing different things with, you know, just throughout your whole life. Because that's a lot of, a lot of that is what people struggle with now. And it's stuff is just simple stuff. You know, even myself, you know, just simple stuff. So, um, yes, uh, stepping out on faith, uh, trusting in God and, and building your relationship with God. I think those are my takeaways. Mm -hmm. And going out on, on on faith, it's not just reading the word, not just going to church that grows you. Mm -hmm. It's living a life for him. Mm -hmm. And so when you understood your purpose in him and that he's with you, you went out there and did that. And that's what we have to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I just I'm totally moved by your story um, and your testimony, because I think it will relate to a lot of people. Um, a lot of the times we don't see God's hand in our life. And I think I mentioned this one time before on this podcast, but I was going through something. And my mom, my mom brought this question to me and she said um, I was reflecting on some old memory. She's like, where was Jesus in that moment? Like we were going through a healing and I remember at that time I was so angry and I was like, couldn't see it. I couldn't see Jesus in that moment because I was just blinded by like my anger, recalling that memory. But now I can look back and say he was there with me. And I feel like you say the same thing. Mm. Um, you know, and there are people, I, I hope people are listening and resonating with that. And you can look back and see Jesus in those moments in your life and pursue that relationship because the story is truly inspiring and thank you for coming on and sharing your testimony thank you for having me no problem Aunt Lolita <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here Aunt Lolita um, for the people that listen what is one takeaway that you will want them to, to take away from the episode so say that for some whatever reason they fast forward the episode and they go into the end to get the takeaways what is one thing that you will give them for them to carry on their life, their week, or whatever? Trust the process. Mm -hmm. Just trust the process. 
and take take one thing that I did. You know, one thing about God, there's two of everything. There's on, off, up, down, mm-hmm. positive, negative. Through my negative, there was a positive. Take the positive and own your peace. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to point the finger. And we all know that saying, when you point the finger at one, it's one point, point back, back. Mm-hmm. As long as you take your peace in that, and own it, you are free to move forward. Mm. And I start taking responsibility for what I've done in different and various situations. And then I was free. That's deep. I like that. We should make that into a (laughs) 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 t-shirt. But Alolito, we appreciate you coming on and and sharing your testimony. And um, we're this is the first episode of our strength series, so we're starting the year off with the series. So um, this one was uh, spiritual strength. We're doing physical strength, um, emotional. Yeah, I can't think of the other one. Whatever. Um, But yeah. Spiritual, emotional, and physical. Yeah, you see how prepared we are. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. We really appreciate you buying the the strength and face sweatshirt on. She has it on the day I see it on the camera. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, but hey, this was another episode. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of No Negations Podcast. Make sure you visit us at www.nonegations.com. But I want you to do something a little bit different this time for this week. I want you to go, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're on, I want you to go down, hit like, and I want you to review. You know, we've had so many episodes so far. We have a decent amount of uh, people that listen. So there's no excuse for us not to have some good um, reviews. So go do that or I'll beat you up. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> head over to our website, www.nonegations.com. Um, visit us on all our social media platforms, and we'll see you next time. Peace.